Okay. Cool. I'm really excited, A, to have you on. First, thank you for coming. Yeah, totally. Sure. You know, I I figured that I wouldn't be on a podcast until I was like 30 or something like that. So <laughs> this is. Oh, this what's is a, funny is like. God, it's a I am in 30. My be, my be. No, it's oh, funny. Man. <laughs> that's hurtful. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's really I funny. Like, I like fit every damn like stereotype for like a young progressive christian like i listen to super hip podcast and drink craft beer I was, and, yeah the craft beer question is. was coming yeah, so yeah I, i'm wearing like an outdoor brand but i live in kansas city so i see mountains like three times a year and all this shit <laughs> you know like as i listen to all these podcasts it could be so cool to be on one of the on one of those sometime and i just figured like ah, oh, it's a waste down the road so that's you- no not not attacking you guys, but you know. No, it's it's fine. I'm old as dirt. But what is uh? What do you listen to? Uh, like music wise. Oh no, podcast wise. Oh, oh man. Um, categories. Uh, one for sermons, I listen to Brian Zond. Um, he's not far from here. His church in St. Joe. I grew up there, just north of Kansas City. I listen to great Greg Boyd stuff up in Minnesota. Uh, if you've ever heard of him, uh, specific podcasts. I listen to Pete Enns' new podcast. I love that thing. Uh, the Robcast with Rob Bell. Uh, the um, and then I, I, I'm so so with Rob. I love the dude, but his communication skills are just insane. Right, like that alone. Yeah, uh, he's really good. He's really good. It's so funny. Yeah. <clears throat> I was theologically debating this woman that I met randomly in Barnes and Noble and her biggest question to like gauge if I was in her mind a Christian or not was like, I mean, do you listen to Rob Bell? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like how bad are, how off the reservation are you? Yeah. Yeah. The thing with Rob I find is like, you know, Sometimes, like, I, I love how he's always asking questions. I feel like that's his role, right? Yeah, but at yeah, some yeah. point, like, we got to land somewhere, man. Like, yes. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm trying yes. to take a position on some shit, you know? So Yeah. That, uh, me and Rob are like, eh. Yeah, yeah well, because you're into the, and he's into the, the, like, the Pete Holmes, Oprah Winfrey, like, yeah. God is love and everything's just groovy and we're just going to mm-hmm. chill cosmically, man. Like, it's awesome. And there's yeah. no bad... Okay, so here's my barometer. I generally... Is your, your Barack Obamaometer? <laughs> I think we should just end the podcast. Yeah, I, think that's, I, I think I peaked with that one. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I was saying anyway. Uh, oh, here, here's I'm, really my, happy. Yeah. I'm really happy with my worldview, so... Go fuck yourself. I <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 this was okay. So we could I guess uh, we probably shouldn't stay there long because there we have dude have a bunch of questions. But yeah, so I was doing my my fear inventory. I never talked about this. And it's funny you said the Pope said that hell's not real because during my fear inventory, I realized that like uh, I'm still afraid of going to hell. Yeah. Like, like deep down, that's that's still I think a driving fear in my life. 
I think I it always has been, that. and I don't I don't know if it'll ever go away. I could have told you that like yesterday. Shut up. <laughs> hey man, I th- I so, think it's good to good to say that. Like real quick story. So yes. I grew up I grew up Southern Baptist, right? So you know, mm-hmm. it's what it is. Love the Southern Baptist. Non, every non-denominational church in the South is pretty much Southern Baptist. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, but we we were pretty coercive with our you know trying to get people saved thing and they used to do this thing called judgment house and it was like this walk oh like hell house yes yeah so there was like a heaven room and a hell room and like this whole story played out and all that shit lord dude hell was fucking scary man it is well yeah this little demon children like cut like like chasing you around and shit and it's like how do you expect this not to you know in the, the last room they're like do you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ? And be like, well, hell yeah. I'm like, I don't want to. I never want to masturbate again. I never yeah. want to do. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, so speaking of first, can I, I have some questions. Can I go first? Yeah. We got the listener questions. Remember, don't be, be greedy. Do. I'm going to be hey, real, greedy. No, that's real fine. Quick, we got time. Real quick. Uh, contextual wise, like context yes. wise. I'm in seminary, so my mind is just getting fucked right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, awesome. uh, just, just, I think this, I need to set that context. Right. Okay. Like, well, I'm, I'm I may or I'm may old. not be Jello. Got yeah, it. Exactly. Okay. So this is Jed. Remember, I texted you on Sunday. Remember? I try From to forget our communications, but yes. I- yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Okay, go, yeah, Luke 4. I go to the small house church, and we're going through Luke. Um, and so great, dude. I, so I'm going to read the passage, if that's cool. And then, yeah. um, and I don't know what translation it is. I don't know how, how much that matters in this context. Maybe you can tell me if it does. Uh, congregation, uh, this will be the first time John has read Scripture in about seven years. So <laughs> buckle up. Actually, that's really accurate. That's like... Really accurate. <laughs> so Luke 5, right? Uh, verse 20, right? It said, When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So here's my question. And the question that ar- arose out of that was, he hasn't, hadn't died yet. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So there is no penal substitution. Oh, there is yeah, no okay. death for sins mm-hmm. yet. So how can he, there's, he did, there was no sacrifice, there was no slaughtered lamb, there was no anything, he just forgave sins. So if that's the case, I, I don't understand penal substitution anymore. It's got, it's kind of shattered in my, in my headspace. Okay, what is penal substitution for people? Well, I think simply Just, just defining put, terms, yeah. Yeah, simply put, um, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't subscribe to penal substitutionary atonement anymore up to like two or three years ago you're smiling (laughs) i'm loving it um i think i think to put it simply um god had 
this that there was something that was welling up anger between God and his creation, right? Like there was something there, sin, evil, and that God could not see his creation um, lovingly. And he needed the death of his son to appease that wrath. Right? Like, is that, is that yeah. how, yeah, how that's you fair. guys... Yeah, when I was explained, it was like, God is holy, so he cannot contact unholy things. And he's just. So he needed some sort of sacrifice to take. Right. And so he needed some sacrifice. And so before, Old Testament, it was like slaughtering animals and stuff. And New mm-hmm. Testament, Jesus Christ is a lamb for the slaughter. Right? Yeah. Was, yeah. It was partially like a fulfillment of the Old Covenant symbolic mm-hmm. type of deal. It, you can go all the way back to the old covenant and like, well, cool, why did that exist? Right? Like what, what's the reason for mosaic law? And you get into Galatians and I'm, I'm going through this with a small group now, which you want something fun. Try going to seminary and being in a small group. It's hell awkward. It's just weird. Really? Like, <laughs> like, there's questions that are posed and then everybody's eyes just slowly go to you. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, oh, oh, okay. Like you're the only, it's a Bible study within seminary, or like no, you're the you're Bible. the seminary kid, yeah, I'm yeah, the I'm sure. Kid in the Bible study, right? I'm sure. So, well, what do you think? Yeah, it's like, well, I'm going through a shitstorm myself, so I don't know yeah. what I think. But um, I, I look to Galatians, and Paul like totally like he shits on the law in Galatians two or three for like twenty verses, and I think his whole point is like, look. The, the whole point of the law was to mosaic law was to like, oh, like wake you all up to the fact that you're sinners. You'll never be, it was like 400 and something aspects or elements to the, to mosaic law. Like you're never going to be able, like your effort, you're trying, you're measuring. It's never, never going to work. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm with Paul in that where like, and he talks about it in Romans too, about what the purpose of the law, where it's like it's to wake you up to the fact that there's something here that you're a sinner, like that you're you're not measuring up, you're missing the mark. And I and I think Israel took that law and then really fucked it up, right? Like they totally just like were using it to to measure and and totally taking it past what it was meant to be. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So what what's yeah, the alternative sure. to penal substi- substitutionary atonement? I mean, there's a ton. Um, well, I then mean, what do both the, of y'all think? I kind of vibe with Christus Victor. Um, yeah. It really I mean, comes down to like what happened on the cross, obviously. And the other thing to turn to is like what you're saying, John, is like, well, look at Barabbas as well. And that whole situation, how that went down, like... Well, what's you- Christus Victor? Oh, Christus, Christus Victor is basically saying that Christ on the cross, sin and death was defeated. The enemy is sin and death opposed to we... Satisfaction of a wrath. Exactly. Which is interesting. Yeah, because that's the old... That always begs the question to me is like, why would God have to save himself, save us from himself by killing himself? Mm-hmm. To appease himself. Yeah. So for sure. that's, that's, I don't know. John, what do you think? I don't know. One day my whole earth was shattered. 
when we read that verse. So there's wait, that. I, and so I, I still don't, know, don't see. I really don't know what I that. I don't I'm see. I'm okay with that, Jed. So suck it. That's so <laughs> weird. Just because you're like a wave tossed about. I mean, you're like a boat tossed about <laughs> by the waves. You know. You know. So, okay, here's the thing. All right, so the Bible verse that talks about being led by, I'm going to look it up to get exact quotes here, being led by strange teachings, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How do we know that's not what is going yeah. on? <laughs> How do we oh, not man. know what we've already been taught was strange teachings? Yeah. How do you yeah, know I guess that you're don't. not living in a dream and your dream is a real world? That's just. I mean, it's a, but it's, 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 it's no, okay. it's a little less than that. Here, I'm gonna read the verse. Uh, Hebrews yeah. thirteen nine. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. So that might be talking about something specific. Yeah, I don't know. But and, I will say that, well, like, that, how is everyone so damn confident these days? Like with you, like, how are you so confident in me? your unconfidence? Yeah, yeah, I think you're a good representative confident? of. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you're confident in in confidently. It, I'm confident that I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I'm confident. I, I I'm I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. That's it. Like that. That's all it is. I I really. And I'm okay with it. And I've just come to accept that. And I think it's because I feel and I understand God's grace and God's love. And I think God is bigger than my dogma. I think God is bigger than what I believe at any one specific time. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with just not knowing some stuff as long as I have a relationship with God. Yeah, I guess I guess it boils down to I'm not... The reason I would not be cool not knowing some stuff would ultimately be afraid of hell i think that's the only logical thing right because what else would there really to be afraid of right Right. well especially if you're continuing and continuing to commune with god right if you continue to have that that relationship then i'm still then i really don't know what you're scared of yeah um i mean so with psa something that also that is just weird it's i mean Theologically, I feel like it's a new kid on the block. If we look through, like, and Kinsey could talk into this a little bit more, like the timeline, because he's just really, really good at that, when it came about, when it came with the Reformation. But it's really? it's, it's a fairly new kid on the block, right? So, like, yeah. and in our culture, like, you think through American culture, <laughs> we live in a hyper-violent society, and based on status and measurement and PSA makes sense in that society. Yeah. I don't think mm. it makes sense in a Hebraic society that see, I mean, look for, for example, the word perfect in Hebrew, how do we interpret perfection in the U S we interpret perfection as like without fault. We interpret perfection as like not fucking it up, not messing anything up. But perfection to a Hebrew is goodness. Hmm. Goodness. Yeah, that's true. It could be culturally different. All right. Sorry. No, no, no. no, I, no. I could, I could go. I could. No, that's good. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to divert us to our, our questions that the congregation wrote. All right. John, you good? Are you satisfied? You selfish son of a bitch. 
No, I'm good. I have one more. I do want to talk about what wow. the Pope said if we have enough time at the end. Oh, yeah. If we have enough That's time fine. at the end. That's fine. Damn, That's fine. Damn, No, I'm just kidding. Just read the questions. Dude. <laughs> just read the this questions, is, This okay? is day, day 10 going on my medicine, bro. All right? Bear with me. It's getting better. I think just that's why I slept the- all day, dude. Uh, not all day. That's I slept good. like an hour. Right. Um, okay. okay, love you. Read the question. Uh, um, Kenan, cough key. What are the implications of Christ saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mainly I'm looking for the effect of, on the Trinity of God as well as how God deals with, with sin. You know, surface level stuff. <laughs> so you have a minute a minute and a half ready go okay yeah man well that that speaks into what we're saying like so it's so weird like penal substitutionary atonement that's the whole thing is like god can't stand can't be in the presence of sin so the traditional psa belief is like okay christ took all that on himself which i do i totally believe that but that, that, that God turned his back on his son is yeah. what is implied with that. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I never knew that that's a quote, right? So that's a quote from the yeah. Psalms. And so it's entirely feasible that Change that's not... That what? It changes everything. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, exactly. That it's like the writer was like, this applies to this situation. I'm going to attribute this to Jesus, like paraphrased or, you know what I mean? He, he, that might've not even been, then I, I feel bad saying that. Like, did that happen? Yeah, dude. Did that happen? As, as it is written, do you think, you know, I guess, and does it matter? Uh, but so back to the question, the implications of that, I would say, well, yeah, I would say, yes, it is seeming to imply that there is some kind of separation. Yes, that sin separates us from God and that Jesus experienced that mm-hmm. during that moment. John? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It, doesn't sit, it doesn't sit well with me. Big shocker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea. I don't. I you know what? Sorry, I start to like Tourette out whenever I'm like thinking deep. I do too. Uh, if you haven't noticed, you know what is what is sin? What does sin do? It separates us from God and His will and the things that God is about. Jesus obviously experienced that. Does that mean that he experienced a literal separation from God? I don't see it. I don't. I, I don't mean, know because how. Do we? I certainly don't. No. Right? There's sin in my life every day, and I don't. I don't feel now. If I'm, I, feel I degrees do. of separation. But like, okay, so you but I think it's me. flip somebody off in traffic and it's immediate and you like are just completely shut no. off from no, God. No, 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 That's not how that no. works. No. You know right. what I mean? Right. <clears throat> so, well, okay. well, this, I don't know. So this kind of, we'll say that this, this is kind of a, a, a segue. Josh Wang also asks, uh, you touched on a good point. You say you don't believe in Adam and Eve uh, were real people. So I'm assuming you believe... 
that were metaphor of origin. If that is the case, how much of the Bible do you believe to be actual events and how much of it is urban legend that may be based around real people but has been dramatized to add effect and how can you tell which is true and which has been built up? Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, <laughs> I mean, again, oral tradition and then think when was Genesis written? I, I tend to think that history, like if the Bible could start with there was a man named Abraham. I think the Bible could start that way. I think from up until that point, like until God created this new nation, that what you're seeing before that is that nation trying to make sense of their origin. And so, right? th- and that was Tower of Babel's when that happened, right? Abraham? No. No? That's later, later on. Hmm. Even at, like, and so, well, how close is Babel to Abraham? I don't know. Um, anyways, yeah. I think that that... I feel that, like it's way, I feel like Babel's way before Abraham. Yeah. I think, though, I'm not a, I'm not the, the Bible could totally start that way. Like, there was a man named Abraham. And that's the story, that is the beginning of the story of Israel. Also, I tend to think that what do we do? I mean, we, we're, we're curious individuals. We try to make sense of our origin. That's what we're doing right here, right now. It's like we're talking about things that are way bigger than us and using our imagination, right? Like, and hopefully God is in that. But maybe Genesis, and there's two accounts of Genesis, right? And maybe it's just the people that are trying to make sense of it. And there's truth there. Like, I think that's important is like truth versus fact. If it's not factual, does that change anything? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Abraham was around during Babel. Yeah. Oh, he was. I just looked it up. Yeah. Not mentioned, but timeline wise. Yes. Okay. Totally. Interesting. Okay. So uh, truth versus fact, I really like how that's put, by the way, because I'm with you. Truth versus fact, really. that's a very, yeah, that's a very interesting way of putting that. Does it like, matter? I don't know, because it's, I don't know, because for all I know, yesterday didn't happen, true, like, factually. <laughs> I mean, you know, objectively yeah. and factually, like, we're, I don't know if that's talking about the same thing or not, but what am I trying to prove by something being like it happened? I, but I guess the thing is, then you could say like, then Lord of the Rings is just as true. Right? Totally. There's truth in Lord of the, there's truth. And is it the inspired word of God? No, but like there's truth there. Right. Right. I, I think, well, what blew my mind about about Genesis was that like it's a basically a flipping on its head, a polemic story of other ancient creation myths. They're like, look, this is what you think, but this is what actually happened. Like, mm-hmm. there was a flood, but this is what caused it, not what you think. Um, mm-hmm. So that was interesting to me. So I do think um, that some sort of historical events that are loosely framed by the old by genesis happened Mm -hmm. i do think that totally 
but that's just what I think. Yeah, no, I totally respect John that. believes it's... in aliens. <laughs> Do you really? I don't not That's a more accurate. I just, I just, accurate. I just had to throw that out there. That's funny. I, don't that's not... <laughs> I like I that. Don't I not... like that deferral though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, because you I start. Like... I saw that look you were starting to give me. So there you go. Me, John believes in aliens. John believes in aliens. <laughs> and the podcast is over. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I think it's important. My, so the church, again, I'll refer back to the church I grew up in right now. My parents still go to that church and they're going through this huge, long, like four month series on defending the faith, defending the faith, defending creation, defending, like they, it was Palm Sunday on Sunday and they talked about Noah. It's like what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I so much, but it's like maybe that's not what we should be talking about right now. And there's so much. There's truth in the Noah story. There's truth in in the intricate design that God has for His creation, and the the deep, immense love and thought, like intense thought that He has put into to the world, and how involved He is. So yeah. That the creation story is true, awesome. If you're to tell me it's not, and that it's just Israel trying to come up with its origin, it's the same thing, man. I think like, but that's easy. Yeah, I, 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 okay. So I guess we'll say that we land on it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Is that where we agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning a. L- yeah, okay, we'll just leave it there. Because um, what what really fucked me up recently was the the exodus and like the historical and archaeological veracity yeah. of that. Which I have, you know, I because that really I always assumed that like there was just like hard ass evidence and that was a given. And then I looked and I was like, oh dude, there's like not. But then I, then I yeah, I was like, what the fuck, dude? I've been le- like, you've been telling there's me no this. Maybe that's maybe that's the upsetting thing. It's like I've been standing on this rug for thirty years, and like you know, mm-hmm. and then it just gets yoinked. But yeah. then I've looked some more, and like there is evidence. Basically, like the mm-hmm. number of Israelites was probably just exaggerated, but still. Yeah. And I, I'm totally with you. Like Exodus, I think Exodus is complete history. I think. Yeah, Exodus I do too. Numbers, I mean, all that. Like, man, they're writing that shit down. You know. I do too. Okay. We'll yeah. we'll move from that. Thank you, Kenan and Josh. Um, a short one. So Megan Durbin, one of our new Patreons, and she wrote like uh, a shit ton of questions. So she'll be doing the 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 rest of them. Well, we'll hit we'll hit Scott Country. We'll hit Scott Countryman's dumbass questions real quick. Is incest? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he lives in the city, ironically. You're wasting your last name, Scott. Uh, is incest wrong since they did it so much back then? Yes, Scott, incest is wrong. Yes. Is it wrong to smoke weed? For you, Scott, yes, it is wrong to smoke weed. Everyone else, no. Everyone else, you know, it's cool. Change your last name, damn it. Yeah. Um, and the last, uh, this is from Emily. O'Hearn, what is the most <clears throat> common thing lost in translation or interpretation? Like, is there something that most Christians have been taught that when reading the original copies meant something entirely different? 
Bonus points if it's the polar opposite or is suddenly really questionable. That's a good question. Can you think of anything offhand? I mean, it's super basic. Uh, just cultural context. I mean, we don't. Again, like the society we live in now, it's interesting. I think it's there's a lot of similarities. We look back to the Israelites, and we struggle with the same shit they did. Um, mm-hmm. We tend to make the same mistakes they did, like big mistakes and small mistakes. But then they're in a, entire on an entire other planet than we are, right? Like they, yeah, that is just a complete. I mean, and not just Old Testament stuff, but New Testament as well. Like what it was like to be in a Hellenistic culture, and yeah, I, I mean, know. I wish I could think of specific examples, but there, there's stuff that. Paul, the way Paul and the apostles teach to the people is like incredibly scathing, and like mm-hmm. the people would have been like, "What the fuck?" But yeah. to us, it just seems very like innocuous. Um, yeah. Well, and even and even like the nonverbals as well, like the stuff that Jesus did. Let's take Palm Sunday for instance, riding into Jerusalem. If you've ever noticed, like he rides into Jerusalem and then hauls his ass back to Bethany. It's like what? Well, what he's doing there is like he rides in on a donkey, right? There's a very, very good chance that Pilate was arriving on the other side of the city on his war horse, right? Jesus is just poking at that shit, man. He's like saying like, look, this is what the kingdom is like. This is what he turns it on its head. It's so cool. And that kind of nonverbal stuff, that cultural stuff, like... Horses in Jesus' day were not used like they were in the 1800s U.S. You know, like they weren't used for everything. They were used for war. That's the only reason they used horses. They used donkeys for everything else. Mm. Jesus rides in on a donkey. That kind of stuff is lost in translation, right? We just assume, oh, that's so cool. Jesus, they're just, they're, you know, laying down coats and palm branches for the Savior. That's so rad. It's Yeah, and it's a place for... Uh, us us high schoolers should be like it says ass in the bible exactly, <laughs> jesus cuz yeah. yeah yeah okay that's 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 a good one that's a fair one i think that's uh that is good um uh this is another one from kenan is there some consensus to what happens when we die we see both immediate joining in the afterlife such as jesus said to the criminal today you shall join me uh in heaven and a holding pattern until Christ's return the dead in Christ shall rise first also is judgment when we die or is it a set day mm. my opinion my the way i think about it is that from your time of death till uh paradise it's like instant but as far as what amount of time passed i don't know it could be yeah. a day it could be millennia i don't think you're consciously uh aware some people do point to like sheol and hades being where the non-saved go while they're waiting judgment which is just like a place of non-memory gloomy darkness Mm -hmm. as close to purgatory as you could really get yeah no i'm with you there i tend to think that as well like that between death and resurrection like because because okay that brings up another interesting point of what i used to think was that 
heaven was this arrival place when the Bible really teaches that like heaven is an intermediary state. It's not even the end goal, like the new earth, right? Mm-hmm. Is going to be uh, yeah. the new thing. So like that also blew my mind. I was like, what, dude? I thought the Bible teaches that this earth is just a garbage heap that will just be destroyed and like mm-hmm. heaven is the ultimate goal where we can just go chill when the Bible really teaches like there's going to be jobs and you know yeah and, and interesting enough like we were meant to rule yeah like, that's thinking too like we were meant to rule creation mm-hmm. which we think about ruling in our world and we're like oh how do we not screw this up <laughs> you know <laughs> right like, ruling ruling co-heirs with Christ, right? Like that kind of language, like that's hella weird, you know? So that one day that we will be co-heirs and co-ruling over creation, it's mysterious. Just to throw a a resource out there, N.T. Wright, um, all of his stuff. Yeah, I've had his book, uh, Surprised by Scripture, sitting Mm -hmm. on my nightstand under Star Wars Lord of the Sith for a long time. So I'm getting there. I swear I'm getting there. Um All right. Man, yeah. We'll do yeah, we'll have to do a part 2 and get Kenzie on here too cuz there's just so many damn rabbit holes to go through, but I'll try to yeah. do my best to stick to task here. All right, Megan, here are your questions. So there is so much there's such violence in conquering different people groups in the Old Testament. How is this different from Hitler, ISIS, etc., killing children too? So the basic question is, how were the ancient Israelites different than Hitler and ISIS in their... What she's talking about, there's a specific like slaughter of the Canaanites and like God ordered them to kill the women and the children too, much like Anakin Skywalker did in Attack of the Clones. Brought it full yeah. circle. <laughs> Amen. Brought it full circle. <laughs> a bazinga. A bazinga. Um, Okay, I'm, I'm, I want to sit in this for a little bit, if that's okay. okay. I think it's okay. There's, there's, there's something here that we can bring both of those things together, Old Testament violence. And so let's say, well, maybe. <laughs> but like, modern, <laughs> I mean like modern day violence, right? There's something there that, that, is, that brings those two together. But then I also think there's something else going on as well. Culturally in the Old Testament, like if you look ancient Near East, what's going on? Who do you ascribe violence to? You ascribe it to your deity. That's what the Israelites were around. Every other people group that was around them, that's what they did. If you win a battle, what are you going to say? Our God is a God of peace? Hell no. Like, you're going to say that God inspired, like, told us to kill all of you. So there's that. Today, I'm doing this series with my students right now, with my high school students, about, like, just letting them, like, ask any questions they want. And that was it exact. Like, how can Nazis call themselves Christians? And it sounds like such a stupid question. On that, you're like, oh, because they just some lunatic. But there's more going on. Like, uh, Karl Barth uh, and yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they formed yeah. the Barman Declaration and wrote that. Where it's crazy. Like, thirteen, oh no, fifteen thousand of the eighteen thousand pastors in Nazi Germany pledged their allegiance to Hitler. The, yeah, <laughs> the, other, the other 3,000 got together and presented this Barman Declaration, which is basically saying, like, no. like Yeah, this no, you guys. Right. I don't <laughs> think we should do this. <laughs> and, and people are like, who are these assholes? Like, just conform, right? 
Um, but their whole thing was like, this is heresy. It's saying like you, you are seeing Jesus. You are view. It all comes back to Jesus. You're viewing Jesus as savior, but you're totally neglecting your Lord, his Lordship. Mm. Like you, you being pulled in this entirely different direction, like uh, Lords, whether it's Jesus as Lord or all these other Lords that are fighting for our allegiance. So I think the the word faith, if it's like one of the best ways to interpret what faith means is allegiance, just crazy. Um, yeah, you've got you know, legions are going in all these different directions. It's like no wonder, like whatever is your Lord, it determines how you see the world. It determines the things that you do. It determines how you see other people. It determines the things that you avoid. It's like, and so you have a critical mass. No wonder the Holocaust happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I am of the the type that subscribes to the uh, it was a bloodline elimination thing, mm-hmm. like the uh, the Canaanite tribes were not of God's people and they were still remnant of the Nephilim and Raphaim, you know. And mm-hmm. I won't even I won't even go supernatural. Just let's just yeah. we can even say that that was an M pure group that God ordered the slaughter of and like I'm fine with that somebody else slaughtered impure bloodlines too yeah Hitler and he knew what he was talking about (laughs) alright no well okay here's here's here alright but here is the thing if this is this is what I don't like though is people are not willing to what if God did do that that's well within his right, right? I don't know, man. What if he? Did? I don't think so. Why not? What? Okay, what? So what is the? What is the clay to the potter, man? Like, okay, let's use. That's this another verse. So, okay, that's an interesting verse. so he oh, raised no, up Pharaoh. Sorry, what? Shut I want to hear John. An- I want to hear his answer. I, it's good. Well, this is part of the question that I want him to answer. So he says, God raised up Pharaoh to be an object of wrath. Like some clay is made for honorable use and some is trash. So like, what is that about in, in regards to what you're saying? First, so this has been revolutionary for this. My life is that cruciform hermeneutic. You guys know what that means. Don't you cuss, don't you cuss at me ever again. I heard you said the kids yeah, his podcast um, when he used the word cruciform. But um, hermeneutic, basically, how do you interpret scripture? Like, how do you read? With what lens do you engage scripture with? So anytime that, that I read scripture, and this is a shout out to Greg Boyd. He's kind of publicized all this stuff, a cruciform hermeneutic. Anytime that I read scripture and I come across a portrait of God that is not compatible with Jesus Christ crucified, because Jesus Christ crucified, I know we're talking about the Old Testament, but Jesus Christ crucified is the most pure revelation of the character of God. Hebrews, mm-hmm. get the very beginning of Hebrews. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. He is the exact representation of God. He, if you cannot say it, this is where I'm at, if you cannot say it about Jesus, do not say it about God. That's Ooh, I like that. We, we go into the Old Testament and we hear these 
Israelites saying, look, God told us to kill this person. God told us to kill these people, this group of people, these innocent women and children. God told us to take these babies and throw them on the stones or whatever that verse is. So, like, what yeah, the bash fuck? them on the stones. <laughs> yeah, well, so what the fuck? Awesome. I don't know. So calling, yeah. So, were you calling so, bullshit? Are yeah. You saying, the, like, the question that I then I, why would I, that even be allowed in the Bible then? I, I, so dude, right. It's, so it's, what if what if there is reasoning that is loving and grace filled that we're just not aware of and we're asked to trust? I don't think whatever it is. I do not think. That God was like, yes, kill them all. Like, I will bathe in the blood of their children. Isn't that the one where he said, and also rape their wives, though? No, 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 no. Hey, no, it said, pick only the hot ones. That changes everything. Yeah. So get it straight, John. So love it? How can I just... Okay, because... No, 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 no. Because the loving thing, because, like, old... Otherwise, you kill fucking everyone. There is no sur- surviving of that. What? I'm, dude, I'm just saying. What? Why did? No, I'm just dude. saying. It's not. I imp- can't, Rick. So God. So if God's telling you to kill all these people, he couldn't say and let the women go. Sure, he could. That he had. He to could say do whatever he instead? wants. Is the thing. I don't like when people are when you when you refuse to ign- like even enter. Man, get out of my face, Kenzie boy! <laughs> Does this still work if I pull that? Yeah. Here's hey. Yeah, hey. Uh, Way to join the party late, Kenzie. I'm yelling at John, saying God can murder whatever people group he wants. You were talking like cruciform. Well, I was talking like cruciform hermeneutic. Yeah, I. I guess. like i think he should start i think he should start with every group that like doesn't look like me or act like me uh no i think all right so i don't i'm all i'm saying by that is what would it mean to you if that is true just as it is what would that mean I mean, if that's the logic is love, if the logic is love, then I guess. But I just I, I can't see it compatible with Jesus. And that's my whole thing. I like, would have to jump through a lot of mental – I'd have to do a lot of mental gymnastics like say, oh, there has to be some reason we don't know about. There has to be because I can't reconcile a God that would like murder and kill and rape yeah. a bunch of people and, and the God – that I know through Jesus Christ. So like, if that's true, if God really did t- say that, then I have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to yeah. get there. That's what, what's, I don't, yeah, the, the ex, the explanation that I subscribe to, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with because it just, it's basically that like, that was an evil, evil group that for all we know was not even human. Okay. You know what I'm I, saying? I, you know, I I'm just, I yeah, I hear what you're saying, but like, yeah, it could, okay. it could, it could very well be history is written by the victors. We yeah. decided to do this, but my question is like, then why is that in the Bible? That doesn't seem very God inspired. If it's a complete and utter, like, be like, yo, God, I, I'm, I'm gonna just sneak this in there. You know, well, so I there's think that some goes reason into, to inerrancy, and do you believe that everything that is written in the Bible is the inspired word of God? I do. Yeah, and I don't. Inspired. So I'm cool with, 
So I'm cool with that being in there and being like, oh, well, whoever wrote that 50 bazillion years ago, whoever handed it down, right, from oral tradition, they fucked it up. And that doesn't, and we're talking about fact versus truth, right? That right. doesn't change the truth and we're that dealing is held with, in the Bible. Man, like we're dealing with power-hungry people, right? right? Just yeah. like we are. Well, and, really quick, sorry, just to clarify, Jed, with something, when we, like when the term inspired is used, we're not using inspired in the same way of like when you see a movie and you see like inspired by inspired by this story, <laughs> that just basically means like we got like one character and then we just like made this whole new movie. Like it's not it, inspired means like God breathed biblically like God breathed inspired means like God told me these words and I wrote them down and therefore the Bible cannot have historical factual errors. OK, well, like, that's not. Which is inerrant. God, I hate that it co always comes back to that question. I really don't even want to spend time. Like, it's, we'll move on. It changes every the whole way that you look at everything, though. Yeah. Right? And it changes it, how it we It does, but dude, questions. but it's, if you get away from that, then like, why do you even believe anything about Jesus? Because I have met him. How do you know it's Jesus? Where do you I even like get this? Where do you even get the notion that Jesus is loving and caring? From this book that could have just been fucking made up. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? Like, it's like, okay. So let's play this thought experiment out, okay? So if Jesus is just some made-up Mideastern guru, right? He is the vehicle in which I access God and that I really have a real-life living day-to-day -day relationship with God. So if Jesus is made up, fuck it, cool. I don't think that that's the case because of the way that I feel about Jesus and the and like thoughts and prayers and visions that I've had before. But if that's the case, let it be known that John just compared Jesus to a Volvo. All right, <laughs> your Lord and Savior is not just a sedan. If it John. Works. <laughs> well, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's I see what like, you're saying. There's. I there's like the, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the question, but like if you found out for sure 100% that Jesus never actually bodily resurrected from the grave, would you still be a Christian? And like that goes back to this guy named Boltmann. Uh, and then who kind of took that further in our modern era is a guy named Marcus Borg who wrote uh, a book with N.T. Wright. Uh, and they, they, but they, they talk about that and it's, because Borg, if I'm, you can correct me, Dylan, but like Borg comes from a Boltmanian view, Rudolf Boltmann, who they both, uh, basically Boltmann said, Jesus existed, 100% Jesus existed, Christ exists, and Jesus Christ kind of existed, but there was never a bodily resurrection. The resurrection came through the love and and telling people of the resurrection of Jesus, that, that the resurrection goes beyond a bodily resurrection is a spiritual resurrection. I don't necessarily ascribe to that. No, that wouldn't make I sense for like the the explosion of like, I, I, I get the sentiment. It wouldn't make sense as far as why Christianity would even spread because there's been lots of cult oh. leaders, you know, don't claiming you, to be messiahs that when they die and nothing happens and their prophecies are proven untrue that people are like unless, yeah, fuck this. unless it's god unless it, jesus christ is god and then he doesn't right have, i mean unless, I, well, I definitely unless, so i think you know what, I'm saying? what we can say is is okay so the question if uh if jesus did not raise from the dead would i still be a christian no i don't think so 
If that's I like would. that is literally a linchpin of being a Christian. Is like that's I like would. the whole. Who's, what's the enemy? Who's the enemy? The enemy death. is sin and death, right? Yeah. Like so the, if if our God it, can't defeat death, then like we'll, we'll, then. But in a way, I'll I don't just, know. Well, I think faith is so far beyond fact, really. Right. Right. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Ugh, I hate you though, man. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Listen, I'm wrestling, dude. I'm coming off of medicine, John. Oh, oh yeah. I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been shooting prayers over your way. I know that's been hard. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, You know, thank you. Today I was like, ooh, ow, Kenzie, thank you. Oh, like, <laughs> I feel that. I yeah, feel I felt it. I was taking a poop, and it just hit me in the side. <laughs> no, for real, though. Thank you. Thank you. Continue yeah. to do so. Okay, so, uh, and the concept of time. This is a short one. Is it possible from Megan? Is it possible to be righteous and a sinner? Yo, really quick, Megan has been bringing the questions, and I, I love know. It. Shout out to you, Megan. Bad things. The question on suffering. That's that's good. Wait, I'm sorry. So, can you reread it again? I wasn't paying attention. Wow. Is it possible <laughs> to be? Is it? Is it possible to be righteous and be a sinner? Yeah. Yeah. I, so we, yeah. it has to, it yeah, has to. we are. That is our, that is our state constantly. Now yeah, it's, it's, it's about understanding that you can only be righteous through forgiveness and grace. Mm -hmm. Like we know that there are righteous people, even in the old Testament, you know, that we have people who are called righteous. Uh, there are people who are called righteous in the new Testament. Uh, again, it goes to humanity of like, we're going to screw up, but just because necessarily like your hero screws up or whoever, you know, someone in your life screws up, like that doesn't make them unrighteous that just makes them human it makes them the reality of like man i can still look up to you and know and i would say if someone screws up and then is like i did bad i need to take a step away from this or i need to do this this or this thing and admits to it and wants to work through it that's like that's super righteous in itself you know like standing up for like the bad yeah. you've done and recognizing it okay yeah i think we live in that tension we live in that in between <laughs> I do too. Um, why was there a a lot of hers are Old Testament and and dense and tough? So I'm gonna try to choose. Ooh, this one I like. As long as God is held as the ultimate power, are astrology, tarot, and other things of that ilk all that bad? I say absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, you have uh, was it Elijah or Elisha? Who like of it was yeah it was the prophets of Baal who they were all astrologers and like yeah. I love I, that metal band that's a <laughs> prophets of Baal that's a pretty dope name <laughs> um but like you know you have you have times where like it's mentioned like don't go out seeking you know like psychics and fortune like, like Saul yeah. Saul for instance yeah. right Saul went to the witch of Endor so Saul banned or Solomon am I completely it's Solomon. That was Saul. Yeah, Saul. Okay, it, it is Saul. So Saul banned witchcraft in his city, so he disguised himself, snuck out to the outskirts where the gypsies and whatnot were, and met with the witch of Endor and said, uh, bring me, um, who was it? Pete? Those dang Ewoks. He yeah. said, bring me Yeah, that's, that's where Endor came from. <laughs> where Star Wars is, I think what we're getting to is Jesus is, is the force. Um... We connected the dot, man. Uh, and so Saul uh, wanted to speak to, I can't remember the dead guy. Make Fuck. That. No. There's a bunch of them, dude. Yeah, that's but that's anyway, he he wanted to commune with the ghost. Oh, the, that's right. The ghost so, showed up 
uh, and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't mess with this stuff. Right. Samuel. He talks with Samuel's ghost. That's mm-hmm. why I thought Samuel. And Samuel shows up, and he's like, what? And he's like, don't mess with this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think that power, the spiritual world, is like absolutely real. And so there's a parallel kingdom of uh spiritual beings that like runs parallel to ours and so like god is the ultimate power he has also created an entire like world of spiritual beings that also have power and are given dominion over like geographic locations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know about uh, all that but i don't fucks with it that's for sure right. yeah there you go yeah. we got dude we got a there's a uh a witch girl at my work right now uh, and she kind of terif- like, she kind of terif- terrifies me, dude. Like, she does like blood sacrifice and shit. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking... She's no. gonna yeah. That's her higher power. Is she in recovery? Yeah. Shut up. We're we're trying to. No, it's like a a, a patient. Oh damn! And like she talks to she. No, dude. She's she's still like talking to demons and. Whoa! Yeah, but Yo, she's I like story, cool with it. A buddy of mine, so like my mentor through college, one of his best friends used to, he was an addict, and then he started like talking to demons and stuff, and then he learned that his like his demon's name, and so then he didn't have to keep doing, he was addicted to coke, and so instead he would just have to say his demon's name and he'd get high from it, like the same level of high. No as way. Yeah. So it, like... You know, I mean, what was his name? Dover. <laughs> that's see that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like, well, I can get dirty back on here, but he'll tell you he. I can't believe this was a whole another swath of stories he forgot to tell. But he that's got into any dude. I know he got really into Ouija for a while, and he was getting high off of it. Like he would sneak off to go. He would draw his own Ouija real quick and and commune. That's yeah, and he would get like the he would get rushes from it, like a weird spirit, and he became like really hooked on it. And it, and I'll I won't spoil the ending of it, but yeah, he got real into Ouija. So more of that story. Yes, it's bad, Megan. <laughs> yes, Megan, bad, bad. Um, all right. Well, this is yeah. Okay, so I've I've often heard sin explained as that which separates us from God. I've I've been I've had this question too. The end of Roman eight. Romans 8 extensively says that nothing can separate us from from God, not height nor depth, not, you know, east from west. Why is such a contradictory teaching so common? And unfortunately, this is another one I usually hear in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. Uh, What separation, I think, is where that first is the first question that comes to mind is like, does sin physically separate us from God? Or does it, like, totally mess up our allegiance and our loyalty and our lordship to him? Like, I think that that can be interpreted as separation as well. Like, you're like, the more I miss the mark, the more I sin, the more I partake in these things that are not in the will of God, the more I'm not going to be in tune with the things of Jesus. And that itself... I think can you can you fully fall? I guess that kind of translates to, or the logical conclusion: Can you fully fall from grace, like like Hebrews warns, mm. which Hebrews scared the fuck out of me when I read it. Like because yeah. there are some very strong warnings about backsliding. Verse twelve. That's the stuff. <laughs> I think. Well, here's the thing: 
in the you know in honor of it being holy week this week and we're going into easter like there is a bit of this where like it's often said you know death has lost its power and sin has lost its sting uh so i think like for me i i I would agree with dylan is like sin does sin separate me from god like does it actually make god like it doesn't make god love me less it doesn't make my salvation any less significant. It doesn't make grace any less powerful. If anything, those three things make my sin less than. You know, my sin is no mm. longer more than me. Uh, my sin is no longer greater than me. My sin is less than. Um, but I, I, along with what you're saying, I think, again, it goes into righteousness. Like, yeah, I can, uh, I, you know, like, I, don't, I personally don't really think you can, you know, I that's also where it gets to, like, free will and that whole thing but it's like i i don't think i think god's love is too sufficient for even the people who might have been christians for a while and then were like i don't know about this whole thing or or have been burned by the church or whatever i he got like the grace of of the trinity like the the grace that exists between the three of them that 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 washes over us is too much i think for it for it to really affect my standing in salvation. Well, uh, yeah. And so that would even, so John, are you away from, is there no salvation and damnation or like, so what is, I guess it is all, it is kind of hard to avoid the questions of like the after, sorry, go ahead. So, um, and we'll get to afterlife. That's my that's my last question that I want to ask. Okay. But um, I think if I'm separated from God, then I'm making that decision, right? If anybody's turning their back or separating, it's me on my part. And I've chosen to do that, right? I've chosen before to live in sin. I've chosen before to say, like, you know, fuck all of this stuff. I'm going to do what John wants to do. I don't care about lordship. I don't care about allegiance. I don't care about what my father wants me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm turning my back. So I think separation or, or damnation is, is a self-imposed state, right? It's a self-imposed, but, but I don't think that it's forever. Right. And does yeah. that mean when I turn my back on God, does that mean I'm going to hell? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer yeah. or am I being annihilated uh, or whatever? I don't know. I, don't I have know. seen in, when I've watched my friends who become Christians late in life, an interesting pattern that I've seen develop is they will uh, accept and then their life will get much, much, much worse. And then they come back with like a crazy strong faith Hmm. Um, that it's like they, they open the door. They're like, yeah, I believe. And they'll kind of be, you can call it being lukewarm or whatever. And then they'll usually return back to their old life and it's much, much, much worse. And then I see them slowly get brought back. And when they're finally back, they've got this like, that's so interesting. Awesome faith. Yeah. I've seen it happen to like three of my friends, mm-hmm. Brad, who uh, we just had on last time is a, or who I had on last yeah. time is a good, a good example of that. He like accepted Christianity and then, um, fell away from it and it just got awful. And then, it's come full circle to where he like really, really and really and truly, really and truly believes. Um, okay. Um, Dang, dude, we're going to run out of time here soon. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, one well, more from one. Uh, I know, dude. He's so lame. Hard. Um, one more from Megan, and then we'll go to John's question. Okay. Uh, why was there a chosen quote people? Wouldn't it be more effective to work in all kinds of people? God must have then. He does today. I I, I mean the overall question I think is God today works in all people, whereas. You know, back then it was Israel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So I was actually really excited about this one because uh, I think it's very much just it's really easy of like it's not that God was trying to not work in everyone. That was kind of the point, actually, is you yeah. read like God even in the Old Testament was like, get out. Like at one point he was like, yo, when the you are going to be in Babylonia, like the Babylonian Empire is going to be over you for a long time, like strap in. Like, have kids, get, like, you're going to be here a while. So I, but what it is, is just looking at it, your God was, who you followed was all dependent on where you were geographically. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) (laughs) continue. (laughs) What's that one's name? Uh, This is uh, Kylo. Jed just brought his ferret. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Ren. Kylo is my other one. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? You don't even know your own children's name? <laughs> uh, look at that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's based off of all geographical location. Like, everywhere they fought, whenever they had battles or whatever, they were all fighting. And, and basically what it proved is, okay, if I beat you, then that means my God won. Like, that's what that means. So that's also why you have stuff in the Old Testament that's, like, with all the killing and stuff like yeah, that. That's yeah, why you yeah. hear, like, oh, my God told that. me to – obviously God told me to do this because we won. That, okay. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's – It all goes into the geographic location of God God selected these people knowing that these others were following the wrong ideology. And he created a new nation. He, he, he did, like, yes. Like, right. He was, like, <laughs> he created a new nation, and that nation – and then we find out, well, when everyone was talking about nation geographically and, and kingdom geographically, what happened, Jesus himself was like, yo, you don't get it. My kingdom was never here. The Jewish kingdom isn't, isn't this physical place. The what is going to be the nation, like my, they call me king. You don't think that they would have fought for me if I really wanted them to fight for me? Like, no, my yeah. kingdom is here my kingdom is in us that's acts two we see kingdom is community with each other loving each other community is bigger than geographical location mm-hmm. mm. hey man you could tell kenzie just came from preaching a sermon uh, hey. amen and it was, oh boy it was rough but i did it <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah that's oh, a good no, answer it, it was it was rough but your mans did it and uh here i am you know, how, the how many, here. how many, how many souls, how many souls did you save? How many, how many people are in the United States currently? Yeah, about, about 351 <laughs> million. Yeah. So zero. Yeah. I got zero. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Zero uh, all right, John, ask your, me. your closing question. Um, you know, I'm I just got really, I got, I got really excited and then I got really bummed because I'm, I'm read. I was looking for the article to pull it up. Because uh, it was reported earlier that the Pope Pope Francis said there is no hell. Yeah, I saw that. Someone posted that on another page. And then Vatican denies report that says Pope believes hell does not exist. 
Well, this the Pope came out and said, like, hey, I believe in annihilationism is what the is what was reported. What this article said. Yeah. That's dope. I mean, that's 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 pretty much where I'm fully at. Like, annihilationism. Yeah. 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 That's so, what I am. Ooh, Dylan seems like he's not. Can you learn it, Churns? Tell us ooh. what annihilationism is. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Annihilation means instead of burning forever, God just mercifully vaporizes your soul. Like, <laughs> it just kind of snubs you out. It, it was actually perfect. Did, did any of y'all ever see Gods of Egypt? That like really kind of cheesy movie oh, with, with oh, the dude. Yeah. It actually, I liked it. It was fun for what it is, but it had a really good depiction of what Annihilation would look like because um, it was showing the Egyptian underworld and it was just a, this long ass line of people and everyone oh, was just watching what was about to happen and they were so freaking terrified and they would step up there and then they would just get obliterated. Like it was interesting. Well, I think. I think it's less obliteration. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't know. For me, I was just pictured as like, okay, like annihilation is like when you die and you just don't wake up. Like, that's it. It could be. No, well, but no, but except for all the, like, that there will be an acknowledgement from every person ever that, that God is God and Jesus is Lord and every knee is going to bow. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. But, but like, you died recently? Like, dude, so I, you're a universalist now, Jeff? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm saying, like, every knee's gonna bow, and then he's gonna be like, yeah, thanks for the bow. And then, like, destroy him. You know? Little Windex out there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ski scoop. I don't know. I think annihilationism makes sense because it's more merciful. I don't think... uh, Yeah, I mean, I I don't... And, like, what's the... I don't believe in the eternal conscious torment. Like, Dylan really loves thinking about those screams... Yeah, well, what's the what's the electric bill like for an eternity of fire? Yeah. Like, it's got to be outrageous. <laughs> who is who is keeping who's the janitor? Who's keeping that up? There's a lot of ash everywhere. You know, it's like yeah, that clogs things. That's right. It's true. Dylan doesn't actually believe in eternal conscious torment. I, I just like throwing them under the bus. He does. Are you? Are you? What are you more that there's just like nothing, no hell whatsoever? I do. I have no idea with hell. I think that. Uh, we see that hell embodies itself today. Um, I've heard I that. Me and Dylan. Me and Dylan. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, okay. John, you want me to send you his number so you guys can like text and flirt? Can I just send you flirty gift faces and stuff? Yeah. Like sexy gifts? <laughs> I like how he still calls it. It's GIF. Don't I say it however the fuck I want, okay? Stop it. This is a free country. Yep. Uh, who who here is who here is imager famous? Raise your hand. Who is uh okay, exactly. It's Jif. Are you? Yeah. He uses imager. I've never even had it. Oh, that's before. right. Are are you notorious? My roommate I forget. Or what glorious, I, my roommate, I meant? My roommate is. My roommate's uh imager famous. Oh, uh, well. Let's see. He's not, he's not you, so maybe is- you know. Maybe don't raise your <laughs> hand if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's I'm just renowned, kidding. so suck it. All right, well, well, Dylan, Kenzie, thank you for coming on. We'll, uh, okay. we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll do this again. This will be a recurring thing. Totally. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Wasn't I right? That Dylan is way cooler than me. No. He's, Wasn't I right? Well, like, li- literally, like, fuck. He also said Satan is, is Dylan cooler is than not you? nearly as funny as I am. 
So that is true. No, that's, that's completely not true. Kinsey literally <laughs> his life, and I am not in the top ten, which <laughs> fucking sucks. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's it's just like me and John's relationship. Like, you know, he's not <laughs> he's not funny at all. <laughs> So I will funny. voluntarily be thrown under the bus for the comical relief of others. So you know, hey, they that <laughs> see that's an important role in a, in a in a, a group yeah. hierarchy. It's an important role. Yeah. Somebody's got a Costanza. Don't I have, a, okay, well, I have I, a relationship where like I throw them under the bus a lot, but like also like if it's almost like if anyone goes after Dylan that I'm not okay with, I'm like yeah. I get. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Okay, I gotta get